0: When you're young, not much matters. When you find something that you care about, then that's all you got. Welcome, everybody. 2021 is just about wrapped up. We made it to the end of the year. As hard as that shit was. I mean, we thought last year was bad. Um, Excuse me, I am sniffling a little bit. I may cough through the episode this week. Um... I would have given you this episode two days prior, but I was like almost sick and dying in bed. Um, I don't know if it was COVID. I got COVID tested yesterday. I'll get the results hopefully today, so let's pray that it's not COVID. Um, But for the most part, uh, this week has just been me sitting in bed all week thinking of what to talk about for the end of the year, Um, and... For one big thing, I started this podcast, um, and like I've said on previous episodes before, I'm very grateful that, um, I'm very grateful for this podcast and how many people it's reached, how many you know little friendships I've been able to make because of it, and how many conversations I've had because of that, and um, I'm very very blessed to just create something that people wanted to talk about and people wanted to listen to so I do appreciate all my listeners all of the people who supported me and supported this platform and um I will be going through with it next year um again excuse me hopefully as frequently as every week um I do me personally I have a lot of stuff going on school wise that's going to be um, possibly taking over so I don't know how often this will be a uh, a thing I don't know if it's gonna be every week every two weeks or once a month we'll see I'm gonna try my absolute best to make it once a week maybe every Sunday instead of every Friday um, but I will um, I'll I'll make a little disclaimer uh, you know, Saying what's what's going on, and after I figure it out over the, after the new year, and let the first week of the new year come by, and uh, we'll see how that treats me, and um, we'll go from there. We'll go from there. I still want to do this though. Um, once all my school stuff is out, excuse me, is out of the way, then I have a little more time to to do this um, and to focus on myself. Um, and before we get into the top whatevers of this year, because I have a lot of stories and uh i'm going to name my top 10 favorite albums from this year from all genres not just uh hip-hop even though i've you know said a lot of hip-hop stuff this year um you know i'll get into some new music that came out uh, on christmas eve and within the last week um before i get into all that top stuff too um this next year 2022 i think is going to be a year for all of us not just myself included um that we're gonna try and heal ourselves from what's gone on the last two years. You know, twenty twenty. The beginning of twenty twenty wasn't I I guess the terrible, you know, January and February. It's when quarantine started. That's when everybody was like, Oh my god, what the hell is this? You know, what is COVID? And then, you know, people are like the masks started coming and you know, everybody's not wanting to wear the mask and then the protests happened and then it was just, um, and then the vaccine started, then the election came in November of 2020 and (coughs) excuse me. And, um, yeah, it just, it was just a mess. You know, 2020 was just a hell. It was literally the hell year. Like it was terrible. It was the worst way to start off the decade. Um, and then we thought, you know, 2021 might be a little bit of a saving grace. The vaccines are coming, this, that, and the other. Well, just like the masks, not everybody wants to take the vaccine. And now, you know, 2020, you know, for the most part, at least in my, you know, at least in my, um, in my life, at least, it wasn't terrible um, until, like, the, the springtime was fine I was able to go to a Phillies game on my birthday. Like I was able to do something on my birthday where last year I had to be at home. You know, I liked being at home with my family, but I wasn't able to see my other family. I wasn't able to see my friends. I wasn't able to go out and, you know, drink on my 21st birthday. Like, like everybody else's, you know, whatever, you know, I wouldn't say everybody else, but what a lot of people do, um, so I really was you know so sub- to staying in the house and then having to work the next morning. Um so it didn't really have the same effect as um as a normal 21st birthday. Um but it's still a good birthday nonetheless. It just was forgettable because of the pandemic. Um and then this year I was able to go to a Phillies game with my family and I had a good time and the summer was fun. I got to see my friends as more than I did the previous summer because we were all vaccinated and um even though, you know, we were all skeptical of it at first, like I think any normal human being would, you know, a vaccine getting cocked up, you know, pretty quickly. But, you know, we trusted the experts and the officials. And, you know, luckily, I think luckily for that vaccine, you know, me being sick this entire week, you know, it could have been worse. Like I could have actually gotten COVID. I don't know if I have COVID, but um, I've been sick all week. So, you know, it could have been COVID, but had it been COVID you know, it's like knock on wood that it's not, but had it been, you know, that vaccine kind of saved my ass because then I would have been really out of commission. Like I wouldn't have been able to get out of bed type of thing. Like, I don't know what that was. I don't know if it was a sinus cold or a sinus headache or a sinus infection or whatever, whatever it was. Um, I couldn't get out of bed for like two, three days. Like I would have to like force myself out of bed just to like go to the bathroom, that's it. That's literally the only reason why I got out of bed. I slept m- m- maybe like most of the 18 hours out of the 24 hours I was only awake for maybe a quarter of quarter of the time that I was supposed to be awake. Um, it wasn't anything um, it wasn't anything good. I can tell you that I couldn't go anywhere. I miss my friends. Um, you know, I love them. And I wasn't able to see him once this entire winter break. So, um, I miss him a lot. Um, and I know they're listening. So, you know, I miss you guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, this year wasn't terrible until it got to the holidays for me. Until it got to the holidays where, you know, for me, the holidays are tough. Like I've said before, and like for a lot of people, they're tough, um, Last year, I think last year didn't hurt as bad is because I think we were just still, it was still raw. Like I think 2020, 2020- it was still raw to us. We were still figuring things out where now it's like, this is the norm. Like last year we were like, oh, maybe it'll change. Like, oh, this is just temporary. We'll be able to do a whole bunch of stuff next year with the vaccines and everything. It's going to be so much better. And now we're like, there's a COVID surge all around the world, not just in the country, but all around the world. And now it's like, oh crap, this might be the norm going into next year, but we're going to try to change our mindset. It's just going to change. That's my whole point in this whole little soliloquy. Um, There's geese flying over my house. Um, My whole point is that we're going to change our mindset. Like I already know that I have a certain routine that I'm going to strike, excuse me, that I'm going to start and try to stick to um, Starting Monday So It's already set in stone for me I have it written down, like written down, like handwritten down Um, So I know like, all right, this is it I'm going to try and change the way I think about myself The way I eat, the way I sleep The way I work, my work ethic, my mindset You know, just to be a better version for not just everybody else around me But just for myself, you know and that's, if you do anything, I had a conversation with one of my friends the other day. She's like, oh, I wanted to go to the gym, but so-and-so is not that. I'm like, go do it for yourself. You know, don't worry about what so-and-so says. Go do it for you. You're not doing it for so-and-so. You're doing it for you. Um, so anything you do next year, do it for yourself. If you get a new job and you're afraid your boyfriend or your girlfriend's not going to like, listen, if that job makes you happy... There's plenty of other boyfriends and girlfriends out there. It's different when you're married, but I'm just saying even then you know there's you know there's different partners out there for you. There's the right one and then there's like the one, you know. but in terms of like you know if you know friends too, if your friend is like,, mm, I don't think that job's right for you. It's not gonna make me see you as much or this that like similar to like a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Yeah, and and if that job makes you if now if that job makes you miserable, that's obviously get rid of that job. But if that's the job for you and that's your dream job and that's something you've always wanted to do and it makes you happy, you can find brand new people. You're going to meet new people at that job. That could be your friends, and you know possibly a boyfriend or a girlfriend depending on where you work. Um. So do 2022. I think is going to be a year to just do you. Do shit for you. The last two years you've been subject to listen, you know, I mean continue to listen to the experts, although the CDC changing from ten days to five days, I don't know how I agree with that, but um continue to, you know, listen to your doctors, you know, listen to them, wash your hands. Like we've been doing the last two years, wash your, and it should have been done, you know, years before that. Like how simple is it to wash your hands? But like wash your wash, sanitize your hands. Wear your mask in appropriate places. Still keep social distancing. If you are sick, this is the number one thing I've been seeing people do on, like, my Twitter timeline, Facebook timeline. Every, like, I've seen it everywhere. YouTube, like, talking about different podcasts I listen to talk about it. If you are sick or you show any symptoms of being sick, stay home. Take a sick day. There's a reason why companies give you sick days. Take Take a day that, take a day sick. Say, hey, I'm not feeling good. I got the sniffles or I got a cold. Even if you have a cold, just take a day off. Take a day off. Take care of yourself. Drink some tea. Eat some good food. Watch a movie. Watch your favorite TV show. Sleep. Relax. Take a day to just re- to relax. Stay off your phone. Only have your phone available for, your, for the ones that need to contact you and... Just take care of yourself. There's no need to, and I've learned that over this past week, there's no need for me to sit there and text my friends a thousand times a day. Not that I do a, but like every fleeting thought nobody ever needs to know. I was going through my tweets last night, like deleting some of my old tweets that I thought were like, eh, or just didn't make any sense. Um, and I was like, damn, I really said, wow, nobody cares about that. It's like, oh, wow, like, it just showed... It had, like, an epiphany last night, and I was like, oh, my God, I don't need to... Every fleeting thought doesn't need to go on social media. I can say it out loud, and then, boom, it's done. I've said it, and the time has passed. So I think, you know, next year also, it's going to be a year for me to just choose my words wisely and speak, you know, speak when spoken to, speak softly and carry a big stick, like, all that type of jazz. Um speak and when i speak it's going to be when it's spoken to or when i feel it's appropriate to speak not every single second of every single day um which is also healthy because it's like it keeps things to yourself that everybody needs to know your business um so like i said i think 2022 is going to be a year for all of us to 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 heal Um, I think this year was a year for us to heal and then next year is going to be a year for us to to keep healing. But at the same time, now it's get up and go time. Like you guys can do it. Let's, let's put it in gear and let's put our foot to the floor. Like all these cliche things that I'm saying right now, let's just, let's get it going. You know, we can do this together. We can do this. Um, so I'm going to see new music. There wasn't a lot of new music that came out. Over the last uh week. I do apologize, my nose is still a little sniffly, and I probably sound a little sniffly right now. Um since the last time I did the pod, there wasn't too much that came out. Um I did the joiner Lucas, yeah, I talked about okay. So really the only thing that came out was uh this nine track, I'm gonna say it's an EP because it's only 29 minutes. Um, EP with Nas uh, called Magic Nas, and then Hip Boy was the uh, main producer. It's just not credited in you know Apple Music, whatever. Um, no features outside of track seven, which is, has ASAP Rocky and DJ Premier. Um, this oh man, I listened. I've probably had this on repeat for the last week. Um, whenever I've been able to, you know, whenever I have felt like listening to music outside of not meaning like coughing up along. Um, This might be better than it's definitely excuse me it's definitely better than King's Disease One, which came out last year. Um, And I don't I'm not saying that to knock shit on King's Disease One. King's Disease One was easily one of the best albums that came out last year. Um, And then King's Disease Two, easily one of the best albums that came out this year. Um, This though. When I put my top 10 list together, I couldn't... My thing is I didn't want to put that on there because it came out so soon. But I ended up having to put it in an honorable mention. um, Or knocking... I might have to knock something off. I might have to make a a live change to this top 10 list. um, Because this this EP or whatever it is, this is amazing. He's rapping like he's hungry. Um, And, you know... I'll get into, you know, debates with my cousins and my brother all the time, and he'll say, oh, nobody listens to Nas. I'm like, yeah, not you don't listen to Nas. I'm like, but a lot of people listen to Nas. Nas is one of the greatest rappers to ever grace a microphone, easily. And if you can't call yourself a hip-hop fan if you don't think. Same people, you know, I think it was Lil Pump or somebody called Tupac, like, not the greatest ever. I'm like, well, yeah, he's not the greatest rapper ever, but he's one of the greatest hip hop artists ever. He's definitely the most influential. Um, so this, this, this EP, I'm gonna call it an EP. This thing is ridiculously good. Um, if you're a fan of hip hop, if you're a fan of rap, go listen to this. Magic Nas came out on Christmas Eve. Um, It was like a surprise drop. Like, I don't think anybody saw he announced it or anything. I didn't see anything. I was trying to look back in his um, socials, and I'm like, "Eh, he didn't put anything that was going to drop. So it was kind of like a surprise drop to me, but um, it was a Christmas gift nonetheless. Like, this was a really good – I was bumping that all Christmas – on the way home, Christmas Eve. I was bumping it Christmas Day, even days like, I was going – this thing was going crazy. He's bars on top of bars. His flow is ridiculous. The beats are crazy. Definitely go listen to that magic by Nas. Um, I guess that's, I mean, that's all the new music that came out. Um, I don't know if I talked about Spider-Man No Way Home on the last pod. Again, I've been like living in a blur the last week. Um, But if if I already did, then cool. But if not, I do want to say it was a very good movie. Um, I think it's up there with Endgame uh, In terms of the hype The night of the premiere Not the night of the premiere The night after it came out Um, I was trying to go see it with just my mom And the lines were Like packed in inside Now The reason why I say it's not bigger than Endgame And it's not entirely its fault That it didn't get as much people in person to see it because, one, there's, we're still in a pandemic, and two, we have HBO Max. And HB, It was on HBO Max that you were able to stream it. I'm almost positive. Um, if not, I'm wrong. But I think you were able to stream it on HBO Max. Where Endgame was, two, was at 2019, so that was two years ago, there was no pandemic. It was in April that it came out. So it was the springtime, it wasn't December, and there was no HBO Max. So you had to go to the movie. If you wanted to see a new movie, you got to go to the movie theater to see it. And when I tell you the movie theater that I go to, there was lines out the door on the sidewalk in the parking lot. There were lines of people going to see Endgame. It was like... I've never seen that many people for a movie in my life. It was insane for um, uh, Avengers Endgame. But No Way Home, I think, was a really, really good ending to the high school trilogy of Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Um, and I can't wait for the college trilogy, which I believe is going to start come with the fourth Spider-Man coming out next year. Um, but if you haven't seen it yet... Go see it. If you're a Marvel fan, If you're a Sp- even if you're a Spider-Man fan, you don't have to be a Marvel fan. If you're a Spider-Man fan, go see it. It's a really, really well done movie. I'm not going to give you any spoilers because I'm not an asshole. Go see it. That's all I'm going to tell you is go see it. It's a really good movie. Um, um, Rest in Peace is in order for, um, because this broke on, I believe, Tuesday. Uh, John Madden passed away at 85. um... I was kind of in shock because I was like... It was kind of eerie because the Madden doc on Fox aired on Christmas Day. And it was kind of eerie that, like, he passed away a couple days later. Things like that seemed to happen, like, eerily like that. Um... And... Yeah. That just sucks, man. He was 85 years old. I mean, he lived... I mean, 85 to me is a long life, um... He's one of the winning... He's got, I think, the highest winning percentage over 100 games as a coach. Um, his like winning percentage is like .752 or something like that. It's some absurd number. He's winning like 75% of his games. That's ridiculous. Maybe even more than that. Um, he coached the Raiders for 10 years. He won Super Bowl XI. Um, he's a Hall of Famer. He got drafted by the Eagles. Um, but... Due to a catastrophic injury he, that ended his career way too prematurely, um, he then became coach. coached the Raiders for ten years, won Super Bowl eleven. Um, then went into broadcasting for over, I believe, forty years. Um, it could be thirty. He might have been hit. He might have hit that forty mark. Um, his last broadcast was the um, almost at the Saints. <coughs> Ooh, sorry. <coughs> was the. Um, Cardinals Steelers Super Bowl in Glendale Arizona or not Glendale Arizona. That was at Raymond James Stadium. My stupid self Um, That was the Super Bowl with the Cardinals Kurt Warner Larry Fitzgerald and then Ben with Heinz Ward Um, James Harrison with the hundred-yard interception from the goal line Um, One of the greatest Super Bowls I think ever played Um, That's one of the first Super Bowls. I remember watching like, actually remembering, I remember, like, bits and pieces of, like, the Colts Bears Super Bowl and, like, the Seahawks Colts Super Bowl, I think that, if that was a Super Bowl, um, I remember those vaguely, and I remember, I think the first Super Bowl I remember is, um, and all of this is because of Madden, um, was the, um, what's it called? The Eagles and Patriots Super Bowl in 2004, um but this one was the uh, the one that I remember like rooting for a team and getting upset because they lost and I was rooting for the Cardinals because I loved Larry Fitzgerald. Um he was one of my favorite receivers at the time and I wanted him to win a Super Bowl and the Steelers had already won so I was like all right somebody else needs to win. You know what I think I was 10 at the time or 9 at the time, 9 or 10. And I was, I was really upset. Like, I, I think I cried. I was like, because uh, I wanted Larry Fitzgerald to win. But that was John Madden's last broadcast. Um, I only knew John Madden as a kid. I knew him from the video games. Uh, Madden 06 was my favorite uh, video game. I played that thing. for. That's the one with Donovan McNabb on the cover. Um and I played that thing Oh god So much I had it for the X, the Xbox 360 and I, <clears throat> and I think I had it for The GameCube as well So it was a game that stuck with me And I've had every Madden since You know the last Three or four I've kind of dabbled With getting um, I think Madden 21 was the last one I got um, <clears throat> And you know He hadn't been a part of the game for a while But when he was a part of the game, uh, you had that Ask Madden feature, where if you didn't know what to what to what play to run on offense or defense, you just ask Madden, and he'll tell you, uh, and most of the time it was successful. Um, but that's like if you were a beginner to the game, and you know you didn't know how to call plays, and it just that's the thing, like it would guide you, and it would kind of like coach you through it, like you know to get you better in the game. So he's you know. He's definitely a football legend. He will be missed. And, like, 2021 is going to just kick us in the ass on the way out. Like, it kicked my ass on the way out. Like, I've been sick for this whole week. Um, So, it's going to kick all of us as football fans in the ass um, at the end of this year. So, rest in peace, John Madden. Um, He he better be on the cover next year. EA is going to do a disservice if they don't. Um, But... Rest in peace, John Madden. So sticking to the topic of sports, uh, I think that's all the current news that we need. Um, I'm done talking about this year. This year was topsy-turvy, as some people say. I don't know who says that anymore. But anyway, it was really kind of good and bad at the same time. Um, But sticking on the topic of sports, I'm going to give you the tops of this year. So the top stories of this year, I'm not going to do political stories. I'm going to go, Oh, Joe Biden won the, oh, that was last year. Joe Biden got inaugurated. Okay, cool. Like now I'm not going to do that. Um, I will say this January 6th feels like the, the capital, the, uh, riot at the Capitol. That feels like forever ago. That feels like it didn't even happen this year. That felt like it happened still in 2020. Cause as crazy as that was, that's what set the tone for this year. I was like, Oh crap. Here we go again, round two. Um, but we did have a lot of you know good things like the Derek Chauvin um, conviction. I think the Ahmad Aubrey um, conviction for those police officers. Um, I forget somebody else got convicted uh, recently. I just don't remember who it was, um, which was also like a nasty cop going away, like weeding, starting weeding out the bad cops from the from these um, from these precincts. So. Step in the right direction, nonetheless, but, you know, a lot of work to be done. Um, But, um, so, we're going to go to the top sports stories first of 2021, and then we're going to move into music because then it just flows a little easier. Um, So, top stories of 2021, in my opinion, and just, you know, things that I find interesting. Um, I'm gonna start with the Olympics. It's not going to be in order of who, you know what and what and in, uh, in what happened. It's gonna be just a random order. Um, so I'm gonna go I'm gonna go bottom up in my list here. So actually it starts off not the Olympics. that's the second thing. It starts off with the uh, field of dreams game with the Chicago White Sox and the New York Yankees, Chicago White Sox. One, I believe, in the ninth inning or the 10th inning. I don't remember. Um, in a walk-off by Tim Anderson. A walk-off two-run homer. Um, <clears throat> that was a really good game. I mean, it was boring up until, like, the 7th inning. And then it got good. Because, um, like, the White Sox were up by, like, th- four runs. And it wasn't... Everybody's like, all right, the Yankees are done. They were playing like crap most of the game. And, you know, okay... But then it got really good at the end. It was just a really good game, though. Overall, the the field, the design of the field was really good. Um, the uniforms, like the old uniforms, then coming out of the corn, like just in the movie, it was just really aesthetic, aesthetically pleasing, um, and just something I hope they do. Um, not every year, because I think it'll tarnish the 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 whatever of it. But like. I think they should do something like this every year, like a Sandlot game or you know a Field of Dreams game or something along those lines, to where um, it'll be uh, something like that. Um, I do apologize if my dog's like growling in the background. Um, he's playing with my dad right now. Um, Second thing is um, Simone Biles withdrawing from the Olympics due to... I think she had inju- like legit injuries, but at the same time, it was more mental health related. Um, similar to Naomi Osaka, who withdrew from... I think it was the French Open uh, or Wimbledon, one of the two, for uh, mental health reasons. So um, everybody was bashing Simone Biles, but like at the same time, they're not an Olympian... They don't have that choice. Um, And if I had the pod then, I would have said something along the lines that I'm saying now. Like, it's not anybody else's choice but hers. Her teammates didn't bash her or didn't seem to be mad at her or her coaches uh, or the U.S. Olympic, you know, committee, you know, or anybody. Like Like, they respected her decision, and that was a big you know, that was a big turning point for, um, for us, um, athletes because, you know, it showed, you know, if your mind's not in it, like we have, uh, Brandon Brooks, who's the right guard and, you know, he's not playing this year because of his, um, torn, I think he has a torn Achilles. Um, he frequently had panic attacks, like anxiety attacks before Eagles games and then you know, Lane Johnson just opened up this year about... Um, and these are offensive linemen. Like, these are 6'2", 6'3", 250, 300-pound men um, talking about men, even, that are talking about their mental health and how much it affects them. And, you know... And this just gave... I think Simone Biles just... like It, it was there before, but it wasn't talked about enough. And I think now... That she had did she had done something like that it opened the door for more to say hey I'm not feeling the way I should be feeling or I'm not feeling up to snuff. I'm not feeling good like my mental health is you know depleting um, and I need to take a break and I think that's That's probably the most admirable thing she did this year in that sense like from the Olympics and um, So congrats to Simone Biles. And she did end up winning, I think, bronze or something or silver. Maybe she won gold. I don't remember. Again, the Olympics feel like it was forever ago and it was only in July. Um, Next on my list is Steph Curry breaking the three-point record, Ray Allen's three-point record. I know I covered this already, but I think it was, I still think it was so historic that it needs to be mentioned as one of the things that we will remember Um, as a basketball fan. Where were you when Steph Curry broke the three-point record? Um, he, yeah, he beat Ray Allen's three-point record. It was in Madison Square Garden against the Knicks. Second three-pointer of the game in the first quarter. So he got it done nice and quick. Um, and he just hit 3,000, I think, a couple days ago. Um, so that record is just, that, that number is just going to keep climbing and climbing and climbing. Um, and who knows where that thing's going to end up, where that record's going to end up. That's not going to get touched again, I can tell you that. But um, congratulations Steph Curry um, Breaking that three point record That was really really cool to see live Um, Next on my list uh, Messi exiting uh, Barcelona After god knows how many years he's been there Um, Barcelona Everybody was under the impression that They didn't want him there That was not true Uh, It's not that they didn't want him there It's that they could not afford to have him there um, Barcelona right now is a poverty franchise that did not know how to spend their money correctly. Um, you know, you're talking about a team that had Messi, Neymar, Suarez, and, 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 and a lot of teams that came, you know th- that came through their p- club program, but like a lot of players from the transfer market that they really couldn't afford, so they put off. You know it. it, it, Barcelona in itself was a whole mess. So Messi had to leave, like Messi was taking pay cuts and the players that he was playing with were not nearly as good as the teams that he had had before because Barcelona couldn't afford the players that he wanted to play with. And he ended up going to Paris Saint-Germain, which is a team in France. Um, so... Uh, so that's he leaves his longtime club where everybody thought like yeah, he's gonna he's played there for his entire life he play he's been in that um, That that clubs like system uh, Since I believe he was 13 12 13 years old. So literally his almost his entire life was dedicated to that club and Watching that interview like made me choke up a little bit because I'm like I'm he's my favorite player ever And to watch him leave his homegrown club, you know, and just so happens to be one of the biggest clubs in the world. And he, you know, made it, you know, he helped create being, you know, Barcelona being that biggest club ever. Um, He broke so many records at that club. I think he holds almost damn near every goal scoring record. Um, It it was just really sad to watch, but um, he's doing well over in PSG. Listen, you got Messi, Namor, and Kylian Mbappe, like, shh, not a lot can go wrong. Um, so that was really a big, I think that was a big story that everybody kind of messes on because it's a soccer story. Not everybody pays attention to soccer. Um, Brady wins his seventh Super Bowl was the next thing on my list. Um, this actually might be going in order of importance too, now that I think of it, and if I go backwards. Um, Brady winning his seventh. Brady won his sixth against the Rams, and that cemented him as... I don't know if that cemented him as the GOAT. I think when he won against Atlanta, there was still a conversation to be had, in my opinion, because of the way he won the previous four. But I think when he won that sixth, against the Rams in 2019, that cemented him as the GOAT, like as the greatest quarterback of all time. This one was just like an FU to New England type of deal. Not really an FU to New England, just an FU to Belichick and Kraft. Uh, More so to Belichick. And it showed that Brady didn't need Belichick. Um, I mean, he needed... Chris Godwin and Mike Evans and Rob Gronkowski, Leonard Fournette, and an elite defense, like all the crap that he's needed his entire career. Like, but he did blow out the Chiefs. He did beat Mahomes. So, yeah, Brady won his seventh in dramatic fashion, like in blowout fashion. He won like thirty-eight to ten or some absurd number um and it was in Tampa Bay um which i don't think my thing is with that i think the team that has the worst record in the league depending on what it is should host the super bowl like i really think they should i don't know if that's a good idea or a bad idea cuz like you could have like for years the browns were the worst team in the nfl could you imagine like hosting the super bowl in cleveland every year like how cold it would be Um, so maybe that's not a good idea, but, um, something to prevent, you know, teams that, you know, it's just my opinion, or just have a central location every year, put it in a dome or, you know, it's the same, to me it's the same, it's New Orleans, Tampa Bay, and like LA, every, every year they just rotate cities, it's nothing new, like there's no Arizona some years, you know, just my opinion. Um... And the last one on this list for the sports stories of 2021 was the Milwaukee Bucks winning their first NBA championship in, I believe it was 40 years. Excuse me. Good Lord. I am like low-key dying over here. So yeah, the Bucks winning their first title in 40 years, I believe it was. And Giannis Antetokounmpo finally leading his team to a championship after... But really, realistically, three years of legit chances of winning the title. Um, 2019, 2020, and 2021. And 2021... 2021. Jesus. 2021, him actually winning it against the Phoenix Suns in six games. Um, he was coming into that finals at like 75%. Because I believe of a knee injury. And so he wasn't 100% going in. And he had a rocky first game. But then after that, games 2 through 6, he turned it on. He averaged, I think, 35, 30, 33 to 35 points per game. He averaged um, over 10 rebounds a game. And he was damn near close to averaging a triple-double in the finals. And shooting over 50%. In the, um, in the series from the floor, he was just a monster. That was one of the most dominant finals performances I've seen since, in a while. Probably since LeBron. I'd probably say since LeBron in 2016. One of the most dominant, dominant, dominant performances I've seen from an NBA player in a while. Um, and I was happy. <clears throat> obviously, I'm not going to... You know, I'll root for him at his successes, but like when it comes back to like, all right, it's all now, it's all level. Now I'm you know rooting against him because he's a Buck and I'm a Sixers fan. But I was happy for him to get his ring. I did want Chris Paul to get the ring. You know, Chris Paul played on the Suns, but like I was torn between the two because I'm like I really wanted Giannis because he knocked out the Nets and I was super happy, and he knocked out the Hawks who t- knocked out the Sixers, so I was like really happy. So I was like, all right, yeah, go get that ring. But at the same time, I'm like Chris Paul. He's one of my favorite players of the last ten years. I really wanted him to get a ring, but I think this year he they both have a chance to go back to the finals and and try and get another uh, try to get a ring. Um, So I think that and that I think cemented him as the next, not LeBron, but like the next LeBron in terms of like he's gonna be the one running the league in the next you know, five to 10 years. Cause he's, I think 27 right now, 26, he's 26, 27 around that age right now. So he's still young. He's still entering his prime. Like he's entering his prime, um, which is scary. And I think he's going to be the next like LeBron of the next five to 10 years where he's going to be running the league and the league's got to go through him. Um, whereas, you know, LeBron's, you know, starting to fade into the sunset, Kevin Durant, Steph they're starting to get a little they're starting to get into their upper 30s so they're going to start going to the back end of their careers um and to me he's already Giannis is already a hall of famer he's won two MVPs he's won defensive I think he's won two defensive player of the year awards if not just one Um, he's a multiple time all-star he's uh he won MVP the last time he won MVP he won defensive player of the year in the same year um, and he's got a championship, and he's a finals MVP. To me, he's on. He's already in the Hall of Fame. He could retire tomorrow, and he would be in the Hall of Fame easily. Um, so I think that's probably the top sports story of this year. Um, so congratulations to all the champions, too. The Bucks, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Atlanta Braves, as much as that pains me to say, and the um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I could do college, but... I didn't feel like digging, so I was like, I was a little lazy that way, um, so now we're gonna go to sport, I just did sports, duh, we're gonna do music, music, okay, so, I don't know how I wanna tackle this, cause all these seem pretty damn important, um, and I have to look up stats for one of them, um, so you hear me typing. Twenty-one. So I will just pull up this. Okay. This should suffice. Um all right. So let's do this. Sorry, I had to do a little transitioning there. Um So, music stories of 2021. I'll start off here. Um, Taylor Swift's uh, Masters Controversy. Um, She would not get her Masters from Scooter Braun. Um, And so, she's like, nah, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to do my music the way I want to do it. And she re-releases two of her more popular albums. She first released Fearless earlier this year and then um, Red. She did back, I believe it was October, she um, re-released it. Um, and then on top of re- you know, re-recording all of the songs that were on the original album track list, she added a bonus track, she added acoustic versions of songs, she added, you know, singles, promotional singles that were just Lucy singles, and she put them on there. Um, and then she did different versions of different songs, like, you know, for example, Red, the last track, is the 10-minute version of All Too Well. Um, and then with that, she had like a little 15 minute mini movie, um, about the song. Um, which I thought was really, really smart. Um, she's got a huge fan base. She is one of the bigger fan bases in music. Um, definitely a top five fan base in music. And, um, she's not making any money off of her old music. So, not even, like, royalties, I think, maybe, and that's, like, a slim margin. And so, she did this in order to, you know, make her money off her music. And some of the, like, some of the versions, like, obviously, I'm going to be like, hmm, I like the original better because it's nostalgic, and I've heard it since I was 10 years old. But at the same time, I'm applauding her for that because not a lot of artists would sit down and take the time. I mean, she's not in the work. She just released three albums last year, like two last year and one this year. Like she just came off a release in three projects. And then she's like, nah, I'm just going to put two more out. The only thing that I think for her, I think that's easier is that now it's not reinventing the wheel. She's just redoing the songs. It's just, you know, playing the ones that you haven't played in a while and doing all of this. So I think um, I think that was really admirable for her. It's something that she did for her, but it's also something she did for the fans, I think, as well. Um, and I think that's a really, really cool thing that she did. And I'm happy for her that she's making her money now, you know, not, you know, screwing... She's getting screwed over like, you know, most young artists do. She was 16 when she came into the music business. 14 to 16 when she came into the music business. So you know she got screwed out of a good deal. You know she did. So, um... And I think when she went pop, that was 20. She was probably in her early 20s. So again, you knew she was going to get screwed out of a good deal. Um, so... Congrats to Taylor Swift on you know, kind of finagling the system. Um, From one female artist to another, I think this would be the next most important. Um, I think at this point, I'm just going to pick random ones and talk about them. Um, Olivia Rodrigo's debut year. Um, Normally, it reminds me a lot of when Billie Eilish hit the scene in 2019 and how big Billie Eilish became. Um... And then people just kind of stopped pushing for. Her. I think last year, with the you know with people pushing Doja Cat, people pushing Dua Lipa, people pushing Meg Thee Stallion, like it's almost like Billie Eilish worked for a year and then fell off the face of the earth during twenty twenty, and then this year she came back and it's like yeah, she's got a couple Grammy noms and then it's like eh. And I think it's because she got older, and everybody's like, "Oh, she's not the young, hot, hoty top." Like, you know, it's disgusting. But like, it's the way that the music business is. Olivia Rodrigo is eighteen years old, and she's fresh off of being in the High School Musical series on Disney Plus. Um, so she, her album Sour, um, which had. Um, Driver's License, Deja Vu, Good For You, three huge, huge, huge songs. Um Driver's License being the um first in twenty twenty and then twenty twenty one, you know, she released Deja Vu and Good For You. Um but Driver's License, I remember last year, I like the song, but then it got overplayed, so then of course with any overplayed song you, you grow to kinda hate it. Um but Good For You is probably my favorite off the, off the project because it's just an upbeat type, of, and everybody's giving, it, hey, well, it sounds like Paramore, and this one sounds like... I'm like, yes, so she said that. Like, stop jumping down the girl's throat. Like, she literally said this. It's going to sound like a lot of other artists. She said that in multiple interviews. Chill. Um, but I will just say, um, I'm going to read some of... Uh, I'm trying to see where it says. Yeah, here we go. Um, It debuted at number one. Variety dubbed her as the voice of her generation. I mean, you're going to get that a lot. Um, I'm trying to see where... Okay, so Sour uh, obviously debuted at number one. Um... And spent a total of five weeks at number one. uh, Becoming the longest number one album by a female artist uh, this year. Um, Driver's license I believe hit one billion streams on Spotify. It might have. Um, I could be wrong. But um, her her tour for next year sold out in literally minutes. um, Mostly by bots. Which was kind of. Ticketmaster got a lot of heat for that but you know it's Ticketmaster they're <laughs> they're uh they they, <laughs> they they deal with that stuff kind of all the time. Um but she has 7 Grammy nominations including best new artist, album of the year and record of the Ye- record of the year and song of the year. Um and she was named Time Entertainment uh, Times Magazine's excuse me, Entertainer of the Year. Um she had a pretty damn big year. she was she was performing on every single late night show, every damn near every single award show. She's probably gonna perform at the Grammys. Um, she just had a smash year. Um, and for 18 years old, you know Billy I think was 19, she might have been 18 in 2019. I'm trying to think how old she is now. Um, but she was around that 18, 17 to 19 age range. So, you know, Olivia Rodrigo's that next industry plant. Not to say that she's an industry plant. She has no talent. She definitely has talent. Um, same thing with Billie Eilish. Like, Billie Eilish has talent. Um, but she was the next one that they were pushing. Um, so congratulations to Olivia Rodrigo. She deserves it. Um, she's talented. Um, and hopefully she's not a one-album, one-hit wonder. Um I mean, she's got hits. Like, she's, she's got hits and she's 18. She's got three pretty smash hits and she's 18 years old. Like, you have to put that into perspective. Um, so the girl has talent. The girl know how, knows how to make a hit. Um, the next thing I think would be... See, now my nose is starting to get a little stuffy. Um, the Astro World, Astro Fest tragedy. Um... I didn't want to put this in here, but I felt like it was so important that it needed to be um, said again. Uh, I think the news on this has kind of died down because they're starting to um, go through the process of, you know, actually suing Travis Scott. And they're working all out, all the kinks out. Um, But the eight people, I think it's now up to 10 people died. Eight people died initially. Um, Too many people were there. And it just got bad, and it, it it's such a nightmare that I don't want to revisit it, but, again, it's so noteworthy that I think it needs to. And it changed the way, I think it's going to change the way festivals are being held. It definitely changed Rolling Loud, like Coachella, off the rip. So it was like, max amount of people need to be here. You're going to have to, anything that you bring into the thing is going to be checked. You're going to be checked head to toe. Nothing is going to get snuck in. Oh, excuse me anything like that um, so it changed You know, everybody's saying it was the festival from hell I mean you know yeah but like everybody's like oh the synths well no that's Mike Dean and no that's Travis Scott that's his aesthetic on stage like relax um, but rest in peace to all those lives I don't want to get into it um, and you guys know what happened um, it was a tragedy and it's going to change the way festivals are for next year. Um, I have two Kanye ones um, because he, I think, was the biggest artist of this year. Um, so first, because this goes in order, the Donda listening parties—the three Donda listening parties—the one, the two in Atlanta, and then the one in Chicago. The one, the first one in Atlanta at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, was. Nobody knew what it was everybody just said it was a listening party People thought it was the day that the album was going to get released, you know this that and the other Literally all it was was kanye standing in the middle of mercedes-benz stadium Dancing and there was a little bit of live-action stuff going on and then he ascended to the top of the stadium and then okay Kind of cool Visually, it was very pleasing And it was kind of cool looking. I didn't watch the first one. I've watched it now. Like, I've gone back and watched it. I didn't want to watch it because I didn't want to listen to anything off the album. Um, Although TikTok ruined that for me. Um, Like, a couple songs. But... Uh I think it... He did something like this similar to the way he did The Life of Pablo back in 2016. Those listening parties. And it got kind of the same response. Um, And it was just really a real, again, he's a creative genius and he's going to do something that nobody else can do or sometimes shouldn't do. Um, And it worked. It worked. It got the album hyped up. It got people talking about the album. And then he surprise dropped it on the, I believe it was August 26th. Which whatever Sunday that was, it was last Sunday in August Um, And um, Donda has been, you know, a lot of people's Best albums, favorite albums of this year Um, And then later on, you know, after Drake really certified Loverboy And all that stuff about, you know, the address being leaked out and everything um, The Free Larry Hoover concert, which happened earlier this month um, where Drake and Kanye performed at the LA Coliseum on like a big moon looking stage. It was actually really kind of cool. Um, Kanye ran through basically his greatest hits, and Drake ran through Certified Lover Boy and a couple of loose singles. Um, the uh, the Sunday Service Choir performed and all that type of stuff. If you can hear stuff in the background, I apologize. My brother's watching a movie right across the hall, um, and it's kind of irking me, but it's it is what it is. Um, but that Drake and, uh, Kanye Freelayer Hoover concert, everybody thought, all right, it's, they're piecing it up, but I don't, I still think there's, you know, now Kanye bought his house, bought it is buying land across the street from Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson. Yeah, we've come to that. 2022 is going to be a wild year for, uh, for Kanye West, I think. Um, and then the last thing I have on here, which I think is Everybody's biggest, at least my biggest. The, um, the announcement and the arrival of Silk Sonic, Bruno Mars, Anderson Pack, the, um, R&B duo dropped their album in November. Um, should have dropped their album in April or May. Um, but they dropped in November. Um... They're perfectionists, so they're going to drop it when they're going to drop it. It's going to hit next summer, though, I think, in my opinion. Uh, But Leave the Door Open, I think, it was my most played song of the year on my Apple Music replay. Um, And I think it was a lot of people's favorite songs from this year. It was my favorite song from this year. I love the song when it came out. I love it still. I still listen to the album. It's like my third most played album, and it only came out in November. I play the living crap out of that thing. That it's 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 literally instant serotonin for forty minutes. It's serotonin for forty minutes. If you're you need a mood booster, go listen to that album. Cure your right up in forty minutes, maybe half that. Um, the the two most talented, two of the most talented musicians in popular music today, I think, Anderson Pack. And Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars, even still, like yet we hadn't heard a Bruno Mars project in five years since Twenty Four Karat Magic in 2016, and this was the icing on the cake for us. I think you know. Hopefully, they get and they do a second album and they do a different aesthetic this time. Maybe like an 80s aesthetic, or maybe continue with the 70s aesthetic. Who knows? If this is a one-off thing, I it would really suck if this is a one-off thing. But I don't think it is. If if I know the two of them the way I know the two of them and their careers and how they, how they operate, I think there'll be another album coming from them next year, hopefully, um, or maybe an EP or something like that, or maybe a live album. Who knows? Um, but when they go on tour, those tickets are going to sell so fast, um, and I will pay any. I will pay any price to go see them, because um, that's one. One group that I need to see live um, because I think the album's gonna sound ten times better live than it did in the studio. Um, so that's all I have for music this year. Um, it, it's up for the music stories. Um, now we're gonna get into my favorite part of the year, and that is naming my. I used to do best albums. What I used to do is I would sit down and write down best albums, and then text you know my friends and I would have a group chat and say, oh, which one's better. Then we'd argue and I'm like, Ugh, let's just save the arguing for 2020 and we'll leave it in 2021. And the last 20 some years that I've been here, let's do favorite albums now. And I like doing this because it takes me and it makes me think it's like, hmm, doesn't matter if it was better. But which did I like more? Because then I'm going to say then I'm going to push for that. If I do have a conversation with someone about which one was better, then I can be like, hmm, well, I kind of resonated with that one a little bit more than this one, even though that one might be a little better. You know what I'm saying? So it's. I gotta stop saying, you know what I'm saying? Um, so I'm gonna start off. It goes. I put my list where it goes 10 to 1, and then I have some honorable mentions. So I'll start off with the honorable mentions. Um, Magic by Nas. I threw that in there last minute because. You know, it's so freaking good. Um, But I only had to put it in an honorable mention because it came out literally last Friday. Um, So I can't put it at, to me like another one. Chomp Two by Russ is another honorable mention. It came out a little too soon for me, uh, like too late in the year for me to put it in the album of the year. But I definitely could. Uh, I just haven't able been able to get enough listens on it. Um, to put it in the top 10. Um, so other ones battle of gardens gate by Greta van fleet. Um, this is the only rock album that I have on here. Cause it's the only one that kind of resonated with me. It came out on my, there's two albums that came out on my birthday. Um, my birthday was a Friday this year. So battle of gardens gate, I was super excited when that album came out and I played it. I played it a lot during the summer. um, uh, slime Language 2, Young, Thug, Gunna, and the YSL label. That also came out on my birthday. And that was my gym playlist for my gym playlist slash soundtrack for a month. You know, pr- probably for the entire month of April. That and DMX was like, and this next album, La Machina by Conway the Machine. that was probably what I listened to in the gym for like two, three weeks straight. Um, and all three of those projects were very, it just, it sounded like outside music. Like I was able to go out and drive and go places and it was fun. It was, it was a nice time for those three albums. Um, it was nice outside. It was I was able to go back to the gym and stuff. You know, it was it was good vibes, good vibes all around. Um, I loved all three of those projects. Um, just didn't crack the top ten. Um, Sour by Olivia Rodrigo. Um, I was gonna put some of the Taylor Swift things in here, but I'm like eh, they get re released, so technically it doesn't count. But I did enjoy those too. But I really enjoyed Olivia Rodrigo's album. I might. You know, guys are not supposed to like female artists and make some (laughs) sauce. Shut up. Um, It was a good album. It was a solid album. Was it better than Billie Eilish's debut album? I don't think so. Because a lot of people, when that album came, when Sour came out, everybody's like, oh, it's better than uh, Billie Eilish's debut album. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Nothing sounded like that when that came out. This is music that sounds like other stuff, but she is talented and she's got a big, I mean, she does have a big budget behind her, but the way that it's just, it's, it's a good album. It's a good listen. It's an easy listen. There's some rock elements in there, which I like. There's some pop elements in there that I like. There's some indie elements in there that I like. It's just a nice cohesive album. It's a well done pop album. Um, and then the last honorable mention I have, again, because I think it was, this one's 11 for me, like, bordering top 10, Alone at Prom by Tory Lanez. This album I've had on repeat for the last month. It came out December 11th. It's now December 31st. I've had this on repeat, i probably listened to this album almost every day for 20 days straight. It's so good. It's 40 minutes, I think it's 36 minutes, 35 minutes. It's only 11 tracks, 11, 12 tracks. It's so good. It's his 80s-themed album, the cover, from the cover to the names of the tracks. I remember when I talked about it on on previous episodes before. It's such a good album. It's so good. Go listen to it if you haven't. I tried my absolute best to take personal matters that they're going through like with the whole meg the stallion stuff like i try to push that aside and focus on the music so good such a good album very well done i hope he does another one honestly like after alone after prom like something like something along that aesthetic or like high school graduation 85 or some crap whenever he graduated high school i don't know um 87 Stingray is probably my favorite song off that album. That's such a good song. So good. Very well done 80s album. And I'm a huge slut for 80s stuff. So anybody doing an eight like The Weeknd had After Hours last year, was kind of like an 80s themed um, and an 80s sounding album. I was like, I'm all for it, man. And when Tory Lane said 80s album, I'm like, whew, I'm all for it. Um, so those are my honorable mentions. Alone at Prom, Tori Lanes, Sour, Olivia Rodrigo, La Machina, um, Kanye, Conway the Machine, Slime Language 2, Thug, and Gunna, and YSL, and Battle at Gardens Gates, Greta Van Fleet. Um, so those are my honorable mentions. Now, my top ten. My top ten favorite albums of 2021. And... If you haven't listened to any of these, they're more popular releases, so you probably have. But if you haven't, I would suggest you go listen to them, because they're very good. Number 10, Montero by Lil Nas X. This was one of my favorite pop albums that came out within the last maybe three to five years. I think he's perfected that... I mean, he's got the hip hop track with Jack Harlow, but still it's a mix of hip hop, a lot of pop, a lot of pop, but I think it's a really well done album that the cover art is really, 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 uh, artistic and really well done. I think the, um, the, what's it called? The rollout for it was really, really good. And I think it was really creative, like. He was really pushing the boundaries. Like it even started with the title track, Montero, Call Me by Your Name, when he's sliding down the pole when he's giving the devil a lap dance, but the la- the devil's him, and everybody was all up in arms. And then he had that he released the Air Maxes that had the blood in them. And then he was like, Oh, I'm having a I'm having a baby, and then the baby is the album. Excuse me. And then he's pregnant. Like, I thought that was really creative. People thought that was, like, the wildest shit ever. But I'm like, this is really cool. Um, I'm really for artists being in their creative bag and getting into something that a lot of people aren't do- And I don't think anybody's doing something like this. So I think he's a creative genius. And I think the album was really... And I think the album reflected that. He Maybe one track that I didn't go back on, and that was, I think, the Meg The Stallion track... Outside of that, I think the album was flawless. I think it's perfect pop music. And I think this is an album that people are going to be talking about for the reasons that I just put out. The music videos, the rollout with him being pregnant with the album, and then the album, even the album cover itself. He's practically naked, and he's like swimming in the air or whatever the hell he's doing. I think it's a really well done album, and I can't wait for him to... I can't wait to see what he does next. Um really really well done at Montero Lil Nas X at number 10 and number nine happier than ever Billie Eilish I was a little scared I'm not gonna lie to you I was a little scared when she changed her look up now not that I didn't like it I thought that I thought her new look when she switched to the blonde hair and she changed her whole aesthetic I thought it was an I thought it was very creative same thing with Lil Nas X I think these two L- Billy and Lil Nas X I think were the only two that did the most boundary boundary pushing things for their respective careers Billy's career became more sexualized and more pushing the button like everybody's like oh that's cute little Billy Eilish like oh look at Billy and now she's like oh now I'm a grown-ass woman like within two years time it's like oh okay now she's like, "Look at me, I'm I'm a woman now." So and I think that was her whole aesthetic with this album. The cover I really liked. It's very warm and inviting. Um, there's a couple of tracks that I'm not gonna go back to that I won't go that I won't go back to because I just they're not my vibe. but the album itself was very good, very poppy very bedroom poppy like very vocal she showed her vocal range off a lot on this album um the outro track is one of my favorite outro tracks ever uh, probably in her career um and it it's kind of hard when she had to top her first and her first album is so much different than this album and that's what i liked about it It showed more of her talent more than her creativity. This one showed more of her talent. Was it creative? Yes, absolutely. But she sung a lot more. It wasn't as abstract. It wasn't as... It wasn't as bass-heavy either. Like, the first one was very bass-heavy. This one was very nice and clean and relaxed. And just, you look at the album cover, and I think... When you listen to music, I look at the album cover and then I'm like, hmm, I can kind of picture myself where the artist was trying to go with this project. Um, And it just sounded a lot happier. Like the music sounded happier. It wasn't as dark. It wasn't as, the content wasn't as sad. It was still sad, but it wasn't as sad. Um, It was a really well done album. um, And I can't wait for her third album. I loved this album I played the crap out of it um I really should go back to it because it's a really good album um so number uh, number nine was happier than ever Billie Eilish number eight melodic blue baby keem I, I typed baby keep <laughs> that's funny I was um, NyQuil was killing me man I was typing this ready to go to bed <laughs> but I'm surprised I got all this in the right order um Baby Keem, Melodic Blue. I liked Baby Keem before this album came out, um, but I was excited for this album. This is a really good album. This is one of the better hip-hop albums of this year. Um, He had two songs with Kendrick Lamar, Range Brothers and Family Ties, which Family Ties is one of my favorite songs of this year. Um you had the do you had do rag activity with travis scott you had one song uh, i think it was coco or something with uh, don tolliver um and then lost souls there was a remix with brent faez this whole album was really well done it's uh 16 tracks which is the last song being 16 uh which is one of the best hip-hop outros of this year um he did a really good job, and I think him in the hip hop game, he's gonna. It, it that reaction was like when Roddy Bridge came out with, um, please excuse me, uh, anti, like antisocial, whatever. The, I can't remember the whole title. Um, but I think his reaction to that, he got a verse on the Don He got a verse on Don, like he got a verse on Donda. He had this. Like, he had songs with Kendrick Lamar and Kanye West in the same year. Like, who the... Like, yikes. He's going to be the next big... And he's so versatile. He can change... He's like Kendrick, but he's not as poetic in in a sense. He's more rap, like, trap-based than Kendrick's more, like, actual... Like, old-school hip-hop-based. Keem is more new hip hop based is more trap oriented and he loves playing with the voices that he has. Like he's got the baby voice and then he's got the, his regular rapping voice and it's so the beat switches on this album are, are ridiculous. I think it's a really good album. Um, it's one of the ones that I've gone back to. It's like one of my, I think it's my fifth most played album of this year. If I remember off the top of my head, um, it's definitely my top 10 most played albums of this year. Um, Really, really good album. Number seven, Melodic Blue, Baby Keem, Baby Keep. Numbers, what am I at? One, eight, ten, nine. Oh, number eight was Melodic Blue. Number seven, see, I'm losing myself now. Number seven, Certified Lover Boy Drake. Not my favorite Drake project, not his best, but still enjoyable. I, gr- way Too Sexy has grown on me. It's a club banger. I heard it when I was out. Once over the last couple of months and I was like, all right, this is hitting in the club. Okay. All right. It's fine. Like I catch myself doing that way too, way too often. Uh, way too often. Way too sexy. <laughs> That's funny. No, it's not. Um, certified lover boy. Uh, knife talk. I didn't like it at first because I didn't like the way Drake came in. He sent sounded real... Goofy on it. Then I saw the music video, and then I hated the song even more. I was like, "Oh God, this thing is blue." But then I listened to it. I kept listening to it, and it's one of my most played songs of the year. It's one of my favorite songs of the year. It's probably my favorite song off that whole album. Um, the beat Metro Boomin. You have you have Savage Mode on there. It's Twenty One Savage and Metro Boomin, and then you have Drake. Um, it's what we should have gotten on, um what's it called uh savage mode 2 last year and then if you flopped that song with mr right now mr right now should have been on certified lover boy because i think the aesthetic fits a little bit better but i digress um the intro was good champagne poetry and then the outro the remorse was good 7 a.m on bridal path drake went absolutely berserk it's a good listen overall. I think I took sixteen out of twenty-one tracks away from that. Um, it's a good listen. It's cringy at times because he throws some of those one-liners he throws in there are kind of cringy, um, but there's songs that you can go back to like you know at you know late night club, gym. There's a little bit of mix of songs in there. Um, not my favorite project from the year but again like still mad like still something that i can go back and listen to if i want to listen to new drake i can throw a couple of these tracks on and it'll be fine i still don't like the album cover though the album cover is never going to grow on me i don't think um, just something about 12 pregnant emoji women is not getting me saying drake drake i don't know change the cover drake number what do we got 6 Number six, King's Disease 2, Nas. Now, like I said, had I had more time with Magic, I think King's Disease 2 would have gotten placed a little lower and Magic would have been placed on the top ten and put in there. But I've had more time with King's Disease 2, and it's honestly, out of of the three that he's put out with Hit Boy, that's probably my favorite project. The one song with Lauren Hill, I don't remember the name of it, but... It's Nas and Lauryn Hill. Lauryn Hill has, to me, the argument for Verse of the Year, along with Andre 3000, Life of the Party, with Kanye. Um, But I think um, this album is the best out of the three. Had Magic been longer, I think that would have topped Kings. It's still neck and neck to me, but I need more time with Magic. Than I do, than I had that that I had with King's Disease One and Two. King's Disease Two, I think, is easily one of the best rap albums that's been put out this year. Um, it's certainly one of my favorites. It didn't crack my top five, but it's right there. It's right there. It's well done. He's rapping his freaking behind off. He sounds hungry again, and I just can't wait for him to put out more music with Hitboy Boy this year, or just different producers. Like he's found his. He's found his producer, so now let's see where he goes with that. Um, Now we're cracking into the top five. Top five. Number five. Number five. Dangerous, Morgan Wallen. It's the only country album I have in this entire list, and here's why. I love country music. However, all the country projects that came out this year to me, did not sniff up the part with the... I didn't go back to them as much. And I don't know if it was just the mood I was in or what I was feeling, but there was so much hip-hop that came out this year that was so much better than what came out last year. And I'm like, oh my God, I've been starving for this. And so many... Like J. Cole came out this year. Kanye came out this year. Drake came out this year. Hell, Nas came back out this year. Silk Sonic came out, Tyler came back, like it was so much music that came out, that artists that I love that came back, where it was like, the country music kind of took a back seat, where last year country was kind of at the forefront, last and this year it kind of took a back seat. Uh, I think next year country music is going to be a lot bigger for me, and a bigger listen for me, because I think a lot of my favorite artists are going to come back and put albums out, um, outside of Morgan Wallen probably. Um, but Morgan Wild and Dangerous, it's my most played, I must have listened to this album. I acted like no other music existed, I think, for maybe a month. This album was on, I think I've listened to this album almost 400 plays on Apple Music, which is absurd. But when I tell you, I did not listen to any other piece of music. From January, I think it came out January 10th or 11th. From that point forward, I don't think I listened to another piece of music until, like, February. It was, it's my favorite country album of this year. Like, normally my top ten is compiled of pop and hip-hop. And sometimes R&B. It's rare that a country album gets cracked into my top five, ten, let alone a top five. This thing was my favorite... It, it got me through a lot of rough times this year, like a lot of rough times at the beginning of the year. It, it, it was a really well done country album. Um, there's still a couple of songs that I'm like meh on, but for the most part, it's a solid listen all the way through. It's a double album. I think it's like 26 tracks or something like that. It's it's really well done. Um, so, Dangerous Morgamala. I can't believe I listened to the thing almost like 400 times um number 4 call me when you get lost title the creator easily my third this is my third favorite hip hop project i think it's the best hip hop project that came out this year i don't think it's going to win album of the year at the grammys cuz i think it's going to go to kanye but if i had to pick another one i think this one is going to win it i think it's the best hip hop album that came out this year I think it's better than Donda. I think it's better than The Off Season. Um, I think it's better than Certified Lover Boy. I think it's better than King's Disease. I think it's the best hip-hop album that came out this year. The theme of it with DJ Drama, it's basically a mixtape. I don't even think it's an album, but he classifies it as an album, so I'm going to call it an album. But the vibe of it gives me mixtape vibes, so it's not really, to me, an album... Traditionally, but um, I think um, this was a healthy Rebirth of rap Tyler. The last two, Flower Boy and Igor, we got creative R&B-ish type Tyler. More creative Tyler. This one was still creative as hell, but he raps this is the most I've heard him rap, excuse me, in like f- five, six years. He goes absolutely crazy. The features are fantastic from, you know, 42 Doug, NBA Youngboy, Lil Wayne, Uzi and Pharrell. Oh, my God. This album is fan freaking tastic um, A lot of people shat chat on that album and i don't know why i think it's the best rap album that came out this year to me it's my album of the year if i had to pick the, the best of the best i think between that and donda it's it's tough but i think it's that one i think it's the better album it's got less skips for me and it's more cohesive as an album than uh than donda is donda's got a couple of got a couple of skips that i can say eh i'm i'm i'm, I'm cool uh number 3 an Evening with Silk Sonic, Silk Sonic. This album, like I mentioned earlier, 40 minutes of serotonin. This album is fantastic. stick Not a skip. Nine tracks. Not a frickin' skip. Not even the intro. Not a frickin' skip. Nowhere in sight. It's like 70s soul, and it's done... In 2021, it's so well done. Um, Now, what I wish they'd done is done like like 1971 Soul. It'd been like 50 years since like the iconic year of 1971 for music, and they would have focused on that. But that's just me. I also think they should have dropped this album before the summer, because if you had this riding through the summer, oh my god! And the fact that it's not nominated. For album of the year, unless it missed the cutoff date, but the fact that it's not nominated for album of the year is kind of shocking to me. Um, just in all of total, you know, in all of music, but nonetheless, to me, it's one of my favorite albums of the year. Um, I think it's album of the year in totality of music. I think, just in my opinion, I think it's the best. Um, bruno mars anderson pack you can't go wrong thundercats on there bootsy collins is on the whole entire thing it's such a good album nine tracks it doesn't need to be anything long and lengthy it's nine tracks um just bravo bravo uh, that was probably the most anticipated album i was waiting for um this year Number two. Now these last two could easily be switched. And I was thinking about switching them, but I was like, at the same time, I'm not going to switch them. Number two is The Off by J. Cole. And I'm telling you, I could switch this one and number one and not be mad at all. And probably not piss a lot of people off either. The Off Season J- by J. Cole. I had more time with this album. It's my second most played album of this year. However, it's not my favorite J. Cole album, nor is the next album by that artist, that number one, but I think this is the most hungry I've heard J. Cole in a while. Um, It's his first album since the off-season, or not the off-season, that's the title of this album, since, um, shit, what was the last one called? K.O.D. Kids on Drugs. K.O.D. And that was in 2018. That was three years ago. So, when he announced the off-season, everybody was like, Oh boy, we're getting bar-heavy J. Cole. Now, there's a lot of bars on this album. There's a lot of one-liners, not a clever bars, a lot of clever lyricism by Jermaine. But, I think this is one of his better projects that he's put out in a while. Um... And it's one of the best projects from this year. Like, it stood the test. A lot of people were like, oh, nope, Cole just went up and out of here. And a lot of podcasters that I've been listening, music podcasters, this is one of their favorite albums of this year, and they think it's one of the best because he just came and he just rapped. He was just going. Going off the – he was going. He was just – it was like diarrhea. It was I mean, that's kind of disgusting. But, like, just just kept going and going and flowing and flowing, and it was crazy. Um, it's one of my favorite projects from this year. Uh, I li- again, just like Morgan Wallen's Dangerous, I listened to this album non stop when it came out. It came out in May, non freaking stop. The day it came out, I must have listened to it like six times and caught something new every time a new bar, a new hook that I liked, a new beat that i was like oh wow i didn't know that beat was like that or like the new a new drum like i'm so meticulous with when i listen to music now it's ridiculous like a new drum pattern i'm like holy crap that was kind of nice um just really well done album man and i can't wait he's i think he's gonna put something out next year and i can't wait next year's gonna be a really really good like 2020 20 2021 i think set the table for 2022 like, 2022, I think, is going to be a really, really good year for music. Um, last but certainly not least, um, my number one favorite album of this year is Donda by Kanye West. This was my most anticipated album outside of the Silk Sonic one. I was really hoping for this album to be... Um, good i was scared to i was kind of scared sorry if you can hear my dogs in the in the background um i was really afraid for this album because i didn't know where um where he was going to go and what direction he was going to go in um i didn't know how he was going to i didn't know how he was going to come and i was like I was kind of scared to listen to the album at first, because I didn't think, I didn't watch any of the listening parties and I didn't know where the album was going to go directionally. I knew it was going to be about his mom, I didn't know who was going to be on it, if it was just going to be like a Jesus is King part two, or was it going to be, um, was it going to be something a little bigger than that, and holy shit was I wrong. This thing to me is a masterpiece it's one of his best albums that he's put out since the life of Pablo in 2016. Um, maybe kids, See goes, but that's a collab album. So I don't really count that as a, his album. Um, but I think it was really well done. I think it's the best produced album this year. I think it has the best features. Sonically. It's the most pleasing, at least to my ears. And I'm, it's one of those albums where I'm like, I'm glad I can hear music because, God, that was beautiful. That was a really well done. There's a couple of skips on it, obviously, and Kanye's going to Kanye. But I think his performance was severely underrated. I don't think people put the proper respect on how well he actually performed on this album. Um, and the fact that how much of a creative genius that he is he didn't need to be album no album artwork. It was just a black square. It was very plain and whatever, but everybody remembers that as, Oh, okay. That's Donda. And anytime somebody looks at a black blank square like that, Donda, and even the Donda, 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 the Donda chant at the beginning, everybody's like, Oh, all right, here we go. And then it hits you with jail and then you get that God Godbreed. Then you get Off the Grid. And then you get Hurricane. It's just like, it was a surprise every single track. Damn near every single track. It was a surprise. I'm like At some point, I'm like, all right, who else is going to be on this album? After I heard Jay-Z, I'm like, oh, crap. Now he's setting the tone. Who else is on this album? And that's it. That's my top ten. Montero, Lil Nas X, Happier Than Ever, Billie Eilish, Melodic Blue, Baby Keem, Certified Loverboy, Drake, King's These 2, Nas, Dangerous, Morgan Wallen. Call Me If You Get Lost, Title the Creator, An Evening with Silk Sonic, Silk Sonic, Off-Season, J. Cole, Donda, Kanye West. Ladies and gentlemen, we wrapped up 2021. Very lately, we didn't go into very depressing details about this year, as we're not supposed to, because, you know, we're focusing on the good things. It's New Year's. Um, if you do plan on going out... Tonight, on New Year's Eve, uh, or this weekend, anywhere in particular, be safe. We're in a COVID surge right now. If you're sick, stay home. Don't force yourself to go out anywhere. Stay home. Take care of yourself and your family. Take your medicine. Take your, you know, whatever. If you feel like you have COVID, go get tested if you can. I know tests are kind of, you know, skimpy right now, but you can go try scheduling as best as you can. Um, just stay safe Even like out driving around Just be safe If you're drinking, don't drink and drive Just get like some champagne or some beer Or some wine or whatever Take it back to home And party it up at home Invite some friends over If they're vaccinated and they're not sick Or just do something virtually Like go back, we already been through this Like we can work around it now Like we know what to do now Treat it as like a lockdown. Treat it as you have to quar if you have to quarantine, call your friends on the phone, do a little Zoom session, do a little FaceTime session, do something like that and talk to your you know, talk to your friends and your family. I know it sucks and you want to be with your family, but treat it like you would Christmas, treat it like you would Thanksgiving. Treat it like you would any other important family event. If you're sick and you don't feel good and you're like, mm, I can, I'm can, i well enough to go, Like, if you're kind of leaning on that, if you're not 100% sure, just stay home. Take care of yourself. Make, don't risk getting your friends or your family sick, um, especially because they're going to be going back to work next week and they're not going to want to get sick and not going to have to want to miss work. They've already been off for a couple of weeks um, for some people. Um, take care of yourselves. Eat good some eat some good food, have some good drinks, and just have a good time tonight. Be safe. Uh, enjoy your New Year's Eve. Um, I feel like uh, my head is like a balloon right now, so I do apologize. Um, I'm trying to like slowly wrap this up, and I sound like a monotone this whole podcast, but um, I'm trying my best. Um, like I said, I don't know. Uh, we'll, the next episode for this is going to be um, Up in the air I'm shooting for next Sunday um, Being uh, January I believe that's Let's see a date on that January uh, 9th Would be the next um, <clears throat> Be the next Sunday um, So we'll see And um, I will talk to you guys soon I hope you guys have A happy and healthy new year <coughs> I am low-key dying. Hold on. Oh, God. I hope you guys have a happy and healthy new year. And like always, like I've said on this podcast, I've got to take another sip of water. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. All right, I'm going to, like, cough up a long after this spot. <laughs> Life is a series of moments and moments past, so let's make this one last as, as if it's all that we have. Oh my god, I'm dying Thank you guys so much for listening For this year Um, I will talk to you guys soon I'm wrapping this thing up Because I don't want to hack up along On on microphone Oh my god Listen, you guys have a great and safe holiday Happy New Year I hope you have a blessed New Year 2022 is going to be a year of big blessings And A big year for a lot of us So keep that in the back of your mind We're going to get out of this pandemic together as best as we can. Stay safe, wash your hands, sanitize, wear a mask, get vaccinated if you feel like you need to get vaccinated. Whatever you want to do, I don't care. (coughs) So sorry. I'm not coughing on the mic. I'm coughing away from the mic. So headphone warning. Stay safe, everybody. Have a great New Year's Eve and New Year's weekend. Um, I'll talk to you guys soon. Have a happy new year, guys.